I think it's it's very indicative of the trend that we're major trend we're seeing in the infrastructure world, uh, where end users, public utilities, want these 100-year life cycle solutions for the structures, and that's what the Mod is. It's a turnkey single point of delivery infrastructure solution that happens to have a 100-year structural service life. Our methodology, our design methodology, and our manufacturing approach, and our single point of delivery model is is very unique to this industry. We are doing things in the industry that are different from the conventional design and procure model around precast concrete or cast in place concrete. Uh, these very clunky, archaic old delivery models. It's not unlike comparison to the modern electric car or some of the things you're seeing, some of the evolution you're seeing in the manufacturing world. Welcome to the 189th CEO briefing on the 8th of December. And I'm going to do some of the honors here as people arrive. Good evening, Robert Baxter. Welcome. All right. So Water the Blue Gold, Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Briefing number 189. Water like an oil well is the emerging income asset. Okay. So, of course, the usual safe harbor statement. And let's jump right into it. Market report from, uh, we have a relationship with a company that, uh, ticker symbol SRAX. Um, they have a Project, uh, product called Sequire. It's a way to access your own investor database. And then um, that way you, you can communicate with that database in real time. It's very powerful. Anyway, so they have an uh, a analyst who sends out these things, and they're pretty good, actually. So why don't I share a little bit of it right now? Um, first of all, he, <clears throat> the uh, commodities are doing weird things. Earlier this week, I bailed on commodities. I was done. I was in XOP, which is the exploration ETF. And I was like, whoa, this thing went weird. And it's strange because oil is supposed to be doing well. Anyway, oil um, is a primary indicator, not trading around 74 barrel, could go towards 70. Um, energy market also has topped out and is pulling back. If we see weakness in the stronger sectors like energy, the S&P 500 will likely make new lows. I just don't trust the stock market right now. It's it's very skittish. Very, you know, it's very political is what the story is. All right, let's take a look at some graphs here. Here's the S&P 500. Well, you know what? Um, this is not a great trend since December. This is, and it's not, it, it's now uh, flattening out. It was recovering for, out of uh, mid-October below, and now it's starting to flatten out again. So not perfect. Um, here's oil. And oil is now, that's, um, I believe that's Texas. I could be wrong, but I, I believe that's Texas. Anyway, so, wow, it was topping up way back uh, in February. It was way up there. And that is proven to be uh, problematic for the oil industry. Good for inflation, good for the Biden administration. It's, it's going to allow them to replenish the strategic uh, petroleum reserve. But from an it basically reflects weakened demand. Here's XLE, an energy uh, stock, and you see it's it it took a serious drop after doing really well for some time. So um, I think we are not going to be having good times. Tom Liako says good evening, everyone, and good evening to you. Um, all right, so that's essentially you know it reinforces what we're saying, which is that um, anything that's tied to economic productivity is going to have trouble. Fortunately, we appear to be on a different level altogether. 
Okay, two days ago, at the kind invitation of Ivan Anz, who is deeply involved with this network, we were invited onto the Matrix Success Network and the amazing Brian Dalmaso. So here's a little excerpt from that I'm going to play just for fun. And here we go. There were two shows. This is the Elite 100, which is the smaller group, I think. And that was without a slideshow. And then that night, I did a second one with a slideshow. And we'll, we'll play the slideshow one next week, give you an idea of how it's different. Okay, let's get this going. All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Elite 100. Great to see you guys. Hopefully, everybody's having an amazing week. Mr. Ivan, why we are all here today? In the year 2020, I was expanding philanthropy investors, guys, and we started with a housing in the year 2009 in Argentina, and then we went to the United States in 2014. But then in 2020, I had this huge God realization that I really wanted to do something with water. Water, water. I wake up talking water, sleep, go to sleep, you know, about water and wake up water. I was thinking water all day. I don't know why, but I was thinking water all day. And, uh, you know, I was one day in the internet and this comes up, you know, water, the new blue gold. And I, I realized, like, what is this? And so I go to a webinar and I meet my now very good friends, Mr. Rick Sackleberry and Kenneth Ken Berenger, that are talking about that water is the next blue gold. And are talking about that that water is a, all the problems that water has in the planet. And are sharing the most innovative technologies and the most innovative areas on how it's possible to shift the water condition in the planet to exactly how it was before humans came to Earth. And so I want to now open to you guys uh, this knowledge that I personally learned and personally involved myself with my own money with more than seven figures. And I say, okay, I want to open this to my friends. And that's, that's why I, we are here. And I want to introduce you to my dear friend and miracle, miracle number three and four, Riggs and, and Ken. Riggs is uh, the CEO and founder for Origin Clear. He has been, uh, he has the license to drive any type of vessel in any ocean. So, but most importantly, he's a great skier on mountains. He loves to ski. <laughs> he wants to take me a higher level of skiing. Ken has been, is um, an, an amazing entrepreneur also, has been in the Wall Street world for 30 plus years. And uh, also, you know, he, he loves the, the finance world and he's a genius on that. So my friends, Mr. Rick Sickleberry and Ken Berger, thank you guys. Thank you so much, Ivan. You're welcome, amigo. I want everybody to know about how Origin Clear is the water philanthropy investing. Why? What are the? What is the, the the vision? What are the opportunities? How is it that we are two x in three x in four x in investors' money in the in the you know in some of the philanthropy investors that have joined us? And why water is the the future and the future gold and the benefits that exist and then open it for for questions that people may have we have personally already we have like philanthropy investors with more than five million dollars with you guys so i would like everybody to know the reason why and why people is joining you guys and so on i just wanted to set the stage here first of all uh i came out of tech so i'm accustomed to very fast moving situations you know um, i love the dot com and even better after the after the year 2000 that got even more fun and it's a long story I won't get into, but I ended up as a CEO of a company in the water industry. And all of a sudden, everything went, <laughs> because water is a very slow moving space. There's a number of reasons, but the main one is, is it is highly government managed, right? It's primarily a public activity 
And so it's a lot of just, you know, let's just keep it stable. Let's not mess with what works. Unfortunately, things aren't working very well, not because the municipalities aren't trying, but they are not getting the funding. Since 1961, they have consistently failed to be funded. And today, the annual deficit each year is $75 billion a year digging a deeper hole in our central infrastructure in America alone. And forget about the rest of the world. I mean, let's not even talk about South Asia and so forth. They're, 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 those places are disasters. You know, how do we solve this problem? How, how, do we, how do we change things? And we, we worked very hard for a number of years to find how to, how to move the needle. Uh, Ken joined, frankly, really the big change occurred in 2018 when a phenomenal um, team came on board. I was able to finally get the bench I was looking for. Ken came on board uh, as a financial genius, and he is co-creator of the eventual solution I'm going to tell you about. In addition, we since 2016, I had realized that the future for this horrible situation with collapsing infrastructure that nobody cares about, by the way, right? Flint, Michigan, whatever, you know, Jackson, Mississippi, whatever, Compton, California. Note, these are all poverty areas. So maybe that gives you a clue as to why nobody cared very much. But nonetheless, those are little canaries in a coal mine. And um, there's a big problem with central infrastructure. And the solution then was to decentralize. And I became a big apostle of decentralized water, meaning take the load. If you can't fund the central system, then unburden the central system. That's the only other thing you can do. And that is, has now become a thing. Decentralized water has become extremely understood. Even the EPA talks about it now. It's sort of the thing to do. What does that mean? That means if you're a brewery and the, the water district is not taking care of you and they're like, no, we got no capacity, send it somewhere else. And you're now you're trucking your water to another county or whatever. You can now install a system in your brewery that'll take care of your, your wastewater problems and enable you to do something America doesn't do, which is recycle. It's a scandal that in America, we recycle only 1% of our water. And yet we have legendary droughts going on. Doesn't seem to make a difference. Why? because again, old infrastructure. So that is the setting. And so in 2018, we acquired a technology for these compact drop-in-place systems called modular water systems. And that was an important enabling solution. 2020, Ken and I looked at each other in the middle of, of COVID and went, what do we do now? Oops. Because, yeah. yeah, oops, oops is a big word. You know, because organic growth in water is 10 to 15% a year. And is at that rate, you're not gonna save the world. So what do we do? After lots of incredibly hard work, we came to the realization that it's the money, stupid. If you can make it capital-free and just replace the city, be a proxy for the city, and now you just pay the meter and you're paying us, then all of a sudden you can just have people sign service contracts and they're up and running. And that became what is known as today as water on demand. Very quickly to roll this up, and the interesting thing about water on demand is I saw a recent quote by Elon Musk that the entire challenge is scalability. Right. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, you know, 10, a thousand percent, 10,000 percent scaling is the challenge. Prototyping is good enough, but you got to get to scale. And I think everyone I've heard in Mastermind is about this. So how do we scale water on demand, which is basically a concept of water as a service. It is a water service concept, but we are operating water as a service. Nothing new about it, but it's applied to very large installations like entire islands. We operate at the mid market where all the bulk of the installations are and most of the problems are and the 
least capital there is and the least expertise there is. So the biggest need, biggest group, and biggest potential money. Now, how do you scale it? Well, you don't go there and build every single water system. Uh -uh. You delegate that. And then instead, you scale at the highest level of fintech by empowering financial um, centers all over the world to do the same thing for their region. So it's a financial network that then commissions uh, projects for clients everywhere and commissions the local water companies to do this. And therefore, it creates a whole lot of win-win for the water industry. And it enables investors for the first time to come in and put money into water, as we say, like an oil well. So they get, they get an annuity. They get for the first time people can actually make money from a water investment backed by assets and so forth. So that's the very short story of what we've done. Now, the final piece of it, which I can only say a small amount because I, it is an NDA issue, but we, we did announce that we are investigating a merger with a SPAC. And that is something that we can neither confirm nor deny. But this is kind of the end days for SPACs. And if a SPAC is going to find, find a, an exit, it's going to happen in the next three months, it appears. So we are playing with that too. And it's very exciting. So that is the top line of what we are. And I'm happy to answer questions and take it from there. Probably for this group, outlining you know, the basic overview of what it is from an investment point of view, because everybody here is investors. Good. And I'm going to turn it over to Ken. Basically, there's two levels. One is the level which any accredited investor can play, and there's no NDA required. And then there's this interesting second layer, which you know requires a little bit more. It, generally, it's open only to existing investors, but, but, but through this relationship with Ivan, of course, we're happy to discuss it. Ken, over to you. The structure, uh, I designed it for me. Um, you know, I'm a chicken shit with my money, but I want to make a lot of money. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where I wanted it to have some foundation. I wanted it to, I wanted it to have a foundational, um, apparatus. So the, the actual capital, the foundational capital actually goes into water treatment equipment. So this is literally you own a utility, you're a private utility. You're going to be a revenue share, a revenue participant, of 25% net profits for life in an actual private water utility. Now, to further protect the investor, it's gonna be like a mutual fund. One system may outperform another. A group of systems may outperform other systems. You know, The dirtier the water, the better the returns. That's just the way it is. I'll, to give you an idea, a $300,000 system, those of you who are in commercial real estate who do commercial real estate financing, figure out the cap rate on this. A $300,000 piece of equipment will produce 20,000 gallons of clean water a day from something that's being charged $75 per thousand gallons. So 20,000 gallons a day, 365 days a year, 20 years. I'll save you the trouble. It's $10,950,000 in revenue on a $300,000 piece of equipment. So the idea is what, you know, getting the company to NASDAQ, being able to simply go to a bank and finance that. They'll finance that all day long. These guys are financing real estate, com commercial real estate projects with, with you know, a portion of that kind of a cap rate. So it's very, very attractive you know, in, in the long view. Um, but so anyway, so the money goes foundationally, it goes into a private utility asset that throws off that rate of return. What's interesting is the participants in this early stage are pre-institutional your angels, but your, you know, angels usually mean that you 
roll the dice and, you know, you hope there's an IPO one day, 10 years from now, when you forgot you had the investment, right? Water on demand will hit the NASDAQ and I'll get, I can get to why that becomes a far more confident statement under NDA, but it's going to hit the NASDAQ as the world's first mid-market water as a service fintech with the ability to globalize point of use, infrastructure free, pay per gallon private utility marketplace for the small to mid-sized end user. That is an unserved market. This is equatable to creating an online marketplace for shopping all over the world when Amazon transitioned from books to everything, okay? Or uh, monetizing real estate properties using the cloud with Airbnb. Now picture for a minute, two of the largest companies you know, Airbnb and Amazon, and imagine how, how large they would be by scale if Airbnb actually didn't just monetize your rentals. So Water On Demand operates in the flow. Now, what is the flow? The flow is where you want to be. It's transactions, right? It's how banks make their money. They take my money, lend it to you, and they charge both of us. Isn't that a great business? Um, water on demand is in the flow. It actually it makes money off the movement of capital and the enforcement of contracts. But imagine now if how big a company Amazon would be if it owned all the retail outlets that it that it facilitated, that it monetized. Imagine how how big Airbnb would be if it owned the real estate that it facilitated transactions on. That's essentially what water on demand will be. It starts its life immediately monetizing the pay per gallon decentralized water treatments, right? So you're going to be a founding investor in this. You're going to get founder shares, but make no mistakes. This is infrastructure. The infrastructure will be built by someone. It'll be built by modular water. It'll be built by PWT, but we can, we can cover a fraction of 1% of the global water market. It's that massive. So we're going to essentially license this ability for anyone who wants to build inside of our license and distribute these throughout the world. And that's the scale, that's the infinite scalability. So it, it is infrastructure, but it's the monetization. It's the cloud-based monetization of water as a service that water on demand operates in. You're gonna be a founding player in that. And the early investors in, in FinTechs, if you look them up, look up what the first round made for Airbnb, look what the first round made for Stripe um, and, and, and FinTechs along those lines. And the numbers will boggle you. I'll spare you the, the numbers because you just, you'll have to go check them anyway because they're ridiculous. But they took 10 years and they piled people's venture capital money on top of the founders. So we've combined that exciting upside with a very, very near term, we think, liquidity event. First round is you're a utility owner participating in lifelong revenue. The second component is 100% of what you put in, you will control that amount of the founder's round of water on demand stock upon an IPO. So let's say it's $100,000 investment. You got $100,000 that's in equipment, not quite 100 because we're using some of the capital, that'll change. It is 25% on your entire investment. Okay, 25, 25%. Perpetual and is paid quarterly. Correct. So it's annual quarterly, okay. All right, and, and we expect those royalties to begin in about two quarters, realistically, okay? So prior to the two quarters, there's two massive, I think, liquidity events, okay? So the first one is the water on demand founders round. You will be positioned in the world's first FinTech for water as a service with the ability to globally disrupt a, a, what is currently a trillion dollar business. If you could provide water as a service to places that can't afford the purchase infrastructure, that's the rest of the planet. That's the other 90% of the planet. You could conceivably turn uh, the water business into a five trillion. So the total addressable market's five trillion. 
Only one trillion is currently occupied. Water on demand can fill that massive hole. The 100K investment, we can expect roughly 25% a year paid out quarterly. What is this additional piece? What do you, what do we, you say we're kind of buying into? It's an equity. It's an equity position in a founder's round that's about to go public. And yeah, whether that happens in two years or four months. Sure. Right. That, um, any idea what the percentage of ownership is? Yes. The first $20 million will own 10% of the company. And what are you currently at? I'm just touching on 7 million. Here's the irony. This founder's position is gratis. Yes, it is, right. It's given because what really underpins this is if you invest in $100,000, you will get the royalty in perpetuity even after you sell your shares, whatever, uh, on, until, the, until water demands wound up. And additionally, we give you 150% of your investment in a publicly traded entity called Origin Clear. So $150,000 worth of stock that is in a preferred class. So that it converts at whatever the later price it is. So if for some reason the price goes down, you don't get cramped. Secondly, we give you that um, anti-dilutive pro rata percentage of the 10% that we've set aside for founders in water on demand. And so these three pieces are only there because you guys are the first and you're doing it before we have a commercial pilot. Mm-hmm. And you're starting with 205 per- You're actually up. You're at 205% when you start. That's because, because between the stock grant in the parent, which trades tomorrow if you wanted, I mean, it's a six month restriction. So let's just say in six months. Um, and what we thought was going to be a very, a, a much longer term, intermediate term play with the water on demand um, listing, uh, we now could, we, we have reason to believe it could be vastly accelerated. So there'll be a second, very major material uh, liquidity event. Uh, within the the next two quarters, at this at the time where we believe that those royalties will start to kick in, what's exciting is this: um, the recent elevation of our of our uh, of the water on demand. Um, you know, kind of getting that to the forefront, getting that listed. Uh, this eliminates the need for me to bring in any investors to uh, to acquire equipment. Because here's what happens when you're if you're on the Nasdaq. And you have a you know two three hundred million dollar market cap, which is still very small by Wall Street measure. You could easily go to a bank. I can show the pro forma for the water on demand fund that a three hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment generates eleven million dollars. Again, pro forma, right? We don't you know we don't know what we don't know. But banks have been monetizing. Bank, banks have been financing real estate property with 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 a fraction of that cap rate f- forever. So I can now go to the banks and say, look, I need half a billion dollars. And this will pay out about, based on my pro forma, just shy of $11 billion over a 20-year period. It's a 30-year loan or a 20-year loan. I think, I think that, so what would become, what was going to be a very slow uphill kind of knife fight to get to a certain critical mass, we can now, we can now globalize this very, very rapidly. And only due to the very recent developments of the past um, 30 days. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's very important that we not rely on that. We get into material, non-public information, and I would like to not have to move to Costa Rica. So <laughs> keep that in mind. So with that in mind, let's talk about what is Origin Clear's role as it's developing? We've gone from being a company that was trying to add more value, add more value, pack it with value, which is a conglomerate concept, very common in the water industry, by the way. That's what, it, what's what they do. They grow by acquisition. American Water Works alone 
has a billion dollar a year M&A budget because that's how they grow. We realized that what the missing element in the water industry is it has no incubators. There's no incubators in the water industry because they just don't do it. You know, you, you build your own company and you, you sell it to somebody else and when you retire on a golf course. This is a different model, which is a tech model. So Origin Clear has now become a sequential launch company. So imagine this. We already have several properties in-house that are very viable. One of the men is the first one. It gets launched through this undisclosable way. But nonetheless, it's being launched, currently has a, an offering going. And then we have another one and another one and another one. The Origin Clear holders will be holders of a Y Combinator kind of asset. And that becomes very interesting. So no, you know, let's say one of the men goes, gets on the NASDAQ, but Origin Clear doesn't because whatever. Well, we own most of, of water demand anyway. So right. it's a non-issue. And so right. there's going to be an accumulation of value in a sense of kind of a VC wealth, which is why Origin Clear is a great investment amid all, all of this. That was fascinating. Very, very interesting. And um, some great questions were being asked. So we're going to continue right along here. We had a great interview last week with Felicia Fro, a doctor. And this is part two of the same. It's shorter than what we just heard. I think you'll like it. Here we go. I'm a developer. I want to build a construct. I want to build a big community of homes and businesses. And and I know that there's this water system and the water infrastructure. And I'm getting a hard time from the municipality about the water that's going to come from this place. The sewage is going to come from this place. What kind of what is uh, water on demand? And Orange and Clear has solutions for that. And that's where the whole the business of this thing is coming from. And to me where people who cannot afford the local home solution, the mission is. It's it's not just for me, because I can I can afford to do that. But the people in Flint, Michigan, and some people in even my neighborhood can't afford to do that. And if we're gonna say healthcare is a right, then healthcare starts at water and food. So how do we make that more, um, I'm going to call it a social justice thing, really, because that's what it gets down to, to me. Well, okay, let's let's address a couple of these things. First of all, you start talking about housing developments. We don't go below the level of housing development. In other words, we don't work with single family homes only because it's a commodity market that we're just, mm-hmm. we do the business to business. And so for that, um, we're able to equip a housing development, not only with uh, incoming clean water to whatever level they want. You know the ultra the ultra filtration, which is that zero point two micron, moving on up, eventually to reverse osmosis. Whatever they they think the the, the um, these different modules, um, we we've been pioneering that uh, because as I as I was saying, we've been primarily focused in the wastewater business, but now we have a significant customer, which is a high end hotel chain, uh, and we installed the first one. Um, and that first one was designed, you know, literally two years ago before the forever chemicals were a big deal. So it doesn't have that module, but the second hotel does because that's being commissioned this year. So that time kind of tells you how things are progressing anyway. So that is going to become our new product line called infinity pure, which is going to be all about that. And you mentioned water on demand. Now, first of all, I want to make it clear that we do a lot of work helping businesses do their own water treatment. We, we, we build warehouses for a, a major direct marketing distributor. 
um, we, uh, we build, uh, you know, uh, not the warehouse, but the actual water treatment for the warehouse yeah. and we yeah. water treatment for a, a up and coming car manufacturer, things like that. Right. Um, they are increasingly doing their own water treatment. That's a trend. Um, and we do that, that people, we bid that they pay us, we do it and everybody's happy. Okay. What we realized uh, in 2020, when we really had, everybody had to look at their business model back then, was that, you know what, we need to accelerate the process here. And a significant barrier is the capital. And if we remove the capital problem, and the water industry mentions this a lot as a problem, then we can accelerate it. So we can go to these customers, potential customers, and go, you've got a problem, just sign here. And we'll take care of not just the money, but also the expertise. It's fully outsourced. Water is a service, basically. And that's the Water on Demand initiative, which is now up and running in terms mm -hmm. of funding coming in from our wonderful investors. And they, of course, are uh, getting a return on their investment through royalties, et cetera. Even when the money is not being placed in a water system, which is intended to be, it's being, you know, it's being um, worked through lending and so forth. So it generates we got to keep that money working because we know how cash is losing, losing value all the time. Right. Right. So, so that's a very good program. It's growing and um, very, but very importantly, it needs to have a technology component because one problem with, Oh, okay. We're going we're to go from centralized to decentralized, but wait a minute. Now we're going from big to small and miniaturizing things is always a challenge. Mm -hmm. So back in 2018, we made an investment in a technology called that we that we branded modular water systems with a major guru Dan, Dan Early a wonderful man who who'd been doing this decentralization stuff long before it was sexy 15 20 years ago and um, and he has these cool modular water systems in a box we call them they're perfect for dropping into that brewery in the corner and no muss no fuss and it's you know just plug them in so that's a key requirement to make it work is you've got to have the compact water systems along with the um, the financing so that you can deliver a good service contract. Now, what's even more important for us is you're either going to be, in my opinion, either a financier or a builder. Let's talk of real estate, for example, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot of organizations finance real estate. Uh -huh. Um, and uh, other other people build or develop. Mm -hmm. Well, the it's much easier and faster to finance things than to build them. Yes, here's your money. Yes, <laughs> my job's done. Go yes. build it. Yes. Now, five years later, the thing's done. So uh, what we realize is that we can't be the only people doing the building on this new um, water as a service thing, and so we're starting to build a network of water companies. Net in America for starters, but our first partnership is with a company that is multinational mm -hmm. um, called Envirogen, wonderful people. And they are very good at doing local operation and maintenance. So I don't have to rush off and maintain some system in Seattle. It's being taken care of. So that is very important. It's also a great way to differentiate us. It's a, you know, like kind of, I call it our supercharger network because it's unique to us. Once we have a bunch of water companies in a synergistic relationship with us, you know, getting contracts, woohoo, we got a contract from water on demand. Isn't that great? Then they're not going to be so likely to do a deal with another water to service player. So that's part of our deal. And then the final piece of it is at the very top level is to start to um, replicate water on demand 
financing centers, U.S. now, but then future, you know, Tokyo, Singapore, Dubai, uh, London, et cetera, doing the financing for their regional water requirements. And that's where it becomes hopefully a network effect. Okay. So I'm going to go back again to the modular water systems. So if, so let's put this out here, guys, I've invested in origin clear um, and I'm excited to be a part of that. um, This whole environment I'm investing in this and everything that Riggs just talked about, but I want to understand more and have everybody who is even thinking about like, this sounds like a really good thing. I should get involved in this, what they are actually if they put money in, what are they investing in? They're investing in water on demand, origin clear, inspire. What was the other? I can't remember the other the other company that you talked about. Uh, well, modular water systems, right? And Mod- then, okay, and, and then we have, a, we have progressive water, pure. which is our. But then, you, oh yeah, Infinity Pure, which is just a brand that's built by um, Progressive Water. And that's our Dallas operation. So, okay, let's talk about investment first of all. Until. Just now, we have only been able to take investment from accredited investors, mm-hmm. which is a, a person who uh, makes $200,000 or joint income $300,000 with cohabitant or spouse, or they have a million dollars in assets excluding their primary home. Right. Well, yes, that's yeah. okay. It's not quite the 1%, but it's awfully close. Yes. So, um, and which I hate. I hate this sort of elitist stuff, um, but that's what's been going on. And we have a, um, the offer we have for the accredited investor gives them, right, a minimum of half of the money they invest goes into water systems and they receive 25% royalties on their entire investment, 100%. They also get stock in Origin Clear and they get stock in the new, this new water on demand subsidiary. So it's a very attractive offer for accredited investors. Why? Because this is the founder stage. We're still building the first pilot unit of water on demand. And so people have to take a leap of faith. And when they do, it's only right that they should get, you know, a really, really good offering. Um, of course, there's always risks, but we try to mitigate those risks. We can explain that in detail. Yes. Um, but but we try we try hard to mitigate those risks with you know these assets, for example, mm-hmm. et cetera. Now, things are changing because um, we have just filed. Uh, for Regulation A offering, which is for unaccredited investors. And that is people are buying stock directly in water on demand, common stock. And the great thing about Regulation A is eventually that shares, that company can become public through the Regulation A process. It's not guaranteed, but it's designed that way. And so we we are launching that. And that uh, over time, the accredited investors will be will be limited out. Why? Because it's such a generous offer. We can do better by going to the unaccredited investors. It's just like political campaigns are so much more healthy if they go after small donors oh, than the yes. similar concept. So um, come in with five hundred dollars, a thousand, five thousand, whatever. You're limited to ten percent of your annual income um, per year, and um, which you know, means that let's say somebody can do $5,000. It's a wonderful thing. They'll get shares. Mm-hmm. And then eventually um, those shares may become a public company. And then that's water on demand will have the exclusive concession from Origin Clear to do this water as a service. It's not going to be done anywhere else. In other words, when we launch water on demand, 
because we are kind of an incubator. We launch it. That's that's our water service play. And then we we launch other things continuously. For example, the modular water systems business unit, which it is currently now, will eventually be launched as a separate, separate company as well. And that's why we call ourselves the Clean Water Innovation Hub. Yes, yes. I hope you guys kept up with that. Rig said a lot in that little bit. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of information out there. If someone is, has the Reg A started yet? Well, it's been it filed with the SEC, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. Typically, it takes three, four weeks. I, I'll say conservatively, by early January, we should be able to be up and running. But we're about to put up a reservation page mm-hmm. that people can do a non-binding reservation. Okay. Put in their name and, and that, that's going to happen. So um, really the thing to do is for people to um, sign up just as you did for the CEO briefing and you get on our list and you'll start hearing about what things are. And I send out a weekly CEO update personally that kind of keeps you up to date. So you'll hear about all that. And, um, you know, I love these because it's so democratic. It's so democratic, right? Yeah. That's the way it should be. So if you guys want to learn more about Origin Clear, you can go to Money with Mission, go under Opportunities, and it says become a philanthro investor. And there's a whole page about a lot of things that philanthro investors are doing, but about halfway down the page is where it talks about Origin Clear water. And there's a lot of information there. And you can either even get to signing up for the CEO briefings from that page. So that's very important. And the more you hear, the more just it's like everything else we do, the medical school, law school, all these things we do, you hear it a million times. You're like, oh, got it. Now it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I've been going to the briefings for a long time and more and more of it's getting more and more clear to me. The one thing I do know is we have a water problem. It's clear there's a water problem. And to just keep saying there's a water problem and not work to come up with an innovative solution, which I think um, Riggs and his company, Origin Clear, have done. It's it's not putting a Band-Aid on a problem. This is actually getting to the root of the problem and working to fix it, which is we need to do that with so many more things in our world. <laughs> just, just get to the bottom of it and fix it, not Band-Aid over the thing. I really love this and I'm going to be listening so much more and understanding and we've I've had so many conversations with <clears throat> I don't know what Ken's title is but with Ken who is He's with the EVP company, executive vice president exactly with Ken and he's a super intelligent guy talks is, is available mm-hmm. everybody is just really really um easy to talk to this is my first time actually having a conversation with Riggs. But like I said, we talked for 10 minutes before we ever came on the show and could have talked more, but we both got to get on with our lives, right? Um, this has been super, super exciting. I look forward to talking to you a lot more. Um, hopefully we can spend some time. Riggs is in Clearwater. So of course I'd want to go there instead of you coming to Tulsa. <laughs> hey, anytime, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful, we're down by the water. We, you know, we escaped LA in June, 2020. Couldn't be happier. And uh, we're by the, in the, co- the intercoastal waterway. Now, I mean, it's also, I mean, if you, you can go over to Chickasha country, you can, there's some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful land over there, right? There's and, some nice stuff. It's pretty. I'm just an ocean person, honestly. And uh, I left Kansas City to go to Hawaii, actually, because I wanted to be near the ocean. And now I'm back in Tulsa. And I moved back to Tulsa. I moved to Tulsa. My mom said, I don't think the ocean's near Tulsa. 
<laughs> really, mom? You're right, mom. <laughs> a couple other things are bringing me here, but you know, yes, That's... I'm still the water person. Just can't wait. So to am get I. Started. I love it so much. Oh my gosh, it is the best. And and I heard from another talk you were giving it. You're, you're not just a a moving water person. You're a snow person. Give me some frozen water too, huh? Oh, I love skiing it because, uh, and especially these days, I love teaching the young ones how to ski because it's, they get a true sense of freedom from it. You know, they can go as fast as they want. Generally, nobody is going to stop them. And uh, you know, a body cannot go faster unassisted than on skis. Think about it. Right. I I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very out of control, which says something about me. It's just like, I just don't know that I can control this thing. We went skiing. It's been a long time. And um, I took my lesson. He says, what do you need to learn? I said, I need to learn how to get up. That's what I need to learn. And he, you know, he said, you know, yes, of course we did that. And he said, if you lean forward, you'll never, you won't fall forward. I'm like, I proved him wrong right after we were done. It's like fell right on my face. It's like, whatever. Riggs, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Felicia, it's been so interesting. Thank you. I wish you all the best with your your fine work and and backing up philanthropic investing, which is a, a really important cause. Talk to you soon. Take care. As you noticed, uh, Felicia came to us through the Philanthropic Investor Network. And in fact, I didn't really know this, but she has been a participant in these briefings. Stealth participant. She's listened in a lot. I'm going to wrap this up by playing an interview I gave today to an investor, Eric Moldenhauer. I think you'll enjoy it. That's brief, but it'll be fun. And then we will do our little freestyle things. Right. Well, here we are uh, in December 2022. And I guess you first inv- invested, what, about six months ago? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was about six months ago. Um, that was the first investment. And then uh, I kind of been keeping in touch with Ken and, um, you know, just kind of getting some more information. And then the another investment about uh, maybe two months ago, maybe a month ago. I don't know. I always track of time easily. And, uh, and then we got this most recent one. So I just got the, the signed document and ready to make that that next investment. So, yeah. Yes. Well, it's amazing that, you know, we, we, we know this, that, that you know, investors tend to reinvest because, um, well, once they're in Ken's hands, it's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's a good salesman. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what I like about Ken is that, you know, he he addresses it from a you know, a real pragmatic business point of view. He's an investor like you and me, you know, he understands what's going on out there, how few opportunities we do have these days. I, I, I sold, I was in, I was in a, an ETF, uh, um, oil and gas ETF and I bailed. I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't yeah. predict. It's not so much that it's going down or up. It's I can't predict it. It's like, yeah. The- oh, I, yeah, things used to be a little more predictable before, you know, cycles, and now it's just a, uh, it's just random chaos, <laughs> basically, and very geopolitical. So, you know, if you have an insight yes. on, on Nancy, uh, <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi's trading account, you're in good shape. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, and since I'm not, yeah, <laughs> right. But um, so, what what when you first. I think you responded to a an, uh, one of our offerings through Manhattan Street Capital. What first um, attracted you to the idea of Origin Clear? 
so the first thing that I you know, just kind of noticed is, uh, you know, I, it was actually you that was on the little, uh, you know, the ad that I saw. And I just thought, yeah, that looks interesting. Like, you know, I, I looked at water stocks in the past and, uh, you know, just didn't really see anything that really sparked my interest. It was kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's just another stock. Um, but this just looked like it offered something different. So I wanted to research a little bit more. So I started looking into it and seeing, you know, like, how is this different from, you know, the, the big water companies that are out there? And, and basically what I found is that, well, you're not the water company. Right. <laughs> you're the one trying to fix the water companies. And I was like, hmm, that's probably a great idea because, you know, I, I tend to watch some of these uh, documentaries about, you know, water supply and this and, you know, how our water is polluted and, you know, the uh, quote uh, truth about, um, you know, how our water get, gets polluted. And I was like, mm, I think this company has got something here. So um, that was my initial reason for looking into um, Origin Clear. Wow. Well, um, yes. And, and you know, what's interesting is that we're constantly refining the vision. As you know, we're, we're uh, most recent developments, which at the time of this recording, we can't really discuss um, where things might be going. But right. it, we, we keep like going, oh, wow, you know, like um, almost like uh, broken field running, right? Oh, there's a hole, boom, 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 right? And um, I, I think that it's just a matter of being willing to constantly reinvent, like, don't, you know, don't get complacent, like, well, we, we, we got the billion year, billion dollar contract, we're good now for a couple of years, you know. Uh, first right. of all, we don't have billion year, billion dollar contracts, <laughs> but it, so we're it, it's it makes sense that as an interloper, we would question the way things are and then um, try to find you know what moves the needle, so to speak. So let, let me ask you, just as a general allocation, how are you invested in general, just as percentages of what to what, not just uh, yeah. So I would say I probably have uh, right now. I'm probably about. 40 to 50 percent um, asset classes, um, you know, so Origin Clear, um, some, uh, um, I don't want to say strip mall investments, but basically like um, like grocery centered um, investments. So somewhat real estate, um, probably about 30 percent or so um, my own personal IRA. And then a lot of some in like stocks and, you know, little things here and there. So um, but I tend to. I think over the last couple of years, especially I've gone from, well, I have my, my IRA, which is good because I do need that. Um, I'm hopeful, you know, years from now, it'll look a little better than it does now. Like most people, um, <laughs> but I think with the asset class, um, there's the, I think that's the biggest opportunity. And that's really where I've turned my focus in the last couple of years, because, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, it's not like, Hey, let's, let's invest in the startup company. Like you guys have been around and other ones that I've invested in, like I, I see what their vision is. And I think if, as an investor, if you see that vision and you agree with it, then that's what you should invest in. You know, it shouldn't just be, uh, yeah, I heard this might be pretty good. So I'll just throw some money into it. Like you have to believe in their vision as well. So. Yeah. Plus the stuff you hear has been fed into the media, you know, ecosystem, Oh, I somehow heard it. Yeah, that was actually planted by a, a good PR agency, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things is that, yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, probably too long. But by the same token, you're right that that we've got a tremendous amount of perspective. We have an idea of what not to do. 
and uh, which I think, you know, it, it reduces risk. We're, we're less likely to do something stupid. Like, for example, early on, we used to, uh, we used to, used to go in California, we used to go after all these grants. Well, if you don't have a good lobbyist in Sacramento, good luck, right? right. So, so these, but the problem is these big grants, $5 million, $10 million, they would take all the air out of the room. And it's all people would obsess with. I'm like, I finally had to ban these things because, you know, everybody would make that their holy grail. And so we learned that um, to, to just not go after these, you know, home runs, because they tend to you know, lose, um, really lose the, the focus. The other thing we learned, of course, and is that I think the best, most precious asset you have is your long-term investors, right? And uh, one of the things that we did that was very productive in um, 2018 going to 2019, in it, we were very innovative in finding ways. Most, most startups, you know, they go through all this dilution and uh, ski slope stock price, and the early investors get crammed. It's very painful. And so we figured out an innovative way, which wonder of wonders legal signed off on to basically, you know, hit rewind. And if people would commit to more, then we would, we would rescue their original investment and then protect the whole thing the way your investments uh, relatively protected, meaning that it converts at a later price, whatever that price is. Right. So that just, you know, people loved us, but they were also like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? They felt very disappointed. Today we have, I think, a very strong base of, of you know, really well investors who were like, okay, you know, um, we're going to be good. This obviously it's going to be how it's going to take however long it takes, but we're going to be good. And um, probably that's the thing I'm most proud of because I, I, regardless of whether it was quote unquote legal to to dilute everybody and you know hurt them in the end, it it wasn't really very moral right 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 yeah well you know and it's i mean it's i think people have gotten so used to um especially in the last couple of years kind of these fast you know fast moving you know like you're going to make a million dollars because you had the you had the the market going crazy you had all the crypto going crazy i mean i i know when i was because i do have my own personal stocks and you know i've also fallen into that you know um yeah there i I'm, I'm invested in this startup and now it's three years in and I was like, okay, it's, it's apparently still starting. Um, but I also understand the market conditions are a big factor, but you know, like you look at the beginning of 2021 and the market was going crazy and everybody's like, holy cow, we're, you know, everybody's going to be rich. And, and then you weren't <laughs> because everything just, you know, it's like you went up to the top of the ski slope and now you're at the bottom of it or, or you're still or you're at the, in the air right now, wondering where you're going to land. <laughs> Um, which is, I think most people, um, so yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to look at those long-term investments and, you know, that's, that's typically how I think investing used to be. And then we got away from that, you know, because that's how I was like, I started putting into my, my 401k with my first quote real job when I was 22, 23 years old. And I always kept it in there from the, from the very first day. And it's like, yeah, you look and it fluctuates, but over time you see it keep going up, going up, you know. Whereas the last couple of years, everybody's like, oh, we should be making more. We should like, no, you have to, you have to give time for these things to work themselves out. That's how real life works <laughs> and companies work. Yeah. 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 I mean, how many flashes in Japan have we seen? Right. It's crazy. 
and it is, you know, it's completely a hype world. Um, I, I'm very interested by how, how I'm always fascinated by how we're manipulated by the media. And by the way, mainstream media and alternative media, both, they're both, everybody's got an agenda, right? And so you got to stick with the basics. And uh, I'm uh, Eric, I'm really proud and thankful that you've come on board and yeah. you're, uh, you're not only invested once, but twice, possibly a third time. And uh, uh, I can tell you that that is, um, nothing makes me feel better than to know we have that kind of support. So Eric, I yeah, want to thank you. Yeah, thank you. No, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad to be aboard. So yeah, I'm. You know, I was thrilled when uh, I got the chance to talk to Ken, and you know, he is like a, the thing that I think really kind of, you know, also wanted me to get into this was just you know his his vast amount of knowledge, and like you said, he can he can really present in a you know down to earth way that everybody understands it, and really kind of yeah. dig into some of those details and. You know, sometimes you get into investment, you think, okay, yeah, I know your profits are supposed to be this, but I mean, he can really talk to the product and the vision and everything. And that's, I really appreciate that because I know that that's an asset in itself to, you know, to have him on board. So. No, he's, he's um, probably, you know, the first among equals, he's, he's of all the people that, that I work with here in the company, he's, he's super key and extremely valuable. And um well, of course, he'll hear this and blush, but <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'll let him. I'll let him stay with the company for a couple more months. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing all right. So, yeah. Plus, you need someone else to join you at the end of those, uh, you know, those briefings for the final five minutes. So, <laughs> a freestyle interview. Yeah, a freestyle. <laughs> yep. Well, um, thank you very much again, and I wish you very happy holidays, and let's have a wonderful 2023 together. Yeah, same to you. Thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. And uh, yeah, look forward to great things. Thank you, Eric. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So, Ken, uh, your ears must be burning. Everyone's so nice to me. Can we, we just end it? Can we just end it now? You know what I mean? Like everyone was was so no torture begins you're, always, you're supposed to end on a high note right um so a real in discussion well we've got all kinds of positive stuff and in fact paul fetcher has pointed out to us that tulsa has the center of the universe or so they call one particular location but anyway eric was just a wonderful guy today it was really great super and- smart guy very laid back kind of regular guy but um he's an inch i don't think he minds me saying this the interesting fellow in the fact that he worked his whole life owned a business, sold it at a relative. He's a relatively young man. So his investment performance is a little more important than a lot of men his age, right? Because he sold his business. And that was like the the thing he worked for, for so many years. And it was quite valuable, but he's got to make that work, you know? So he's made it a particularly keen interest of his to tune in we spent a lot of time talking about geopolitics and, and it's funny. A lot of our investors, I, I find that more of our, our insights align than not. You know, I think there's a, a folks that are in, in, in the world that we travel in have a, a certain way of viewing things. Like you talked about media, um, you know, the, uh, the news will tell you what they think you want to hear or what they want you to hear or what they want you to think. Financial news is no different. Look at Jim Cramer. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> I mean, he's like, really? Okay. You know, well, let's not confuse entertainment with information.
Right. Anyway, I think it was a, a good show tonight. The, um, the Masterminds event was great. And we'll do the slideshow version next week. They are wonderful people. A uh, substantial number of them have invested, in fact, through the efforts of Ivan Ants and the Film Through Investor Network. And I believe we'll be seeing more of that. And Ivan, in fact, says here, 2023 is our year, amigos. Thank you for keeping the ball rolling and even stronger and making our water philanthropic investors happy. Boom. So I'm going to close it on this note. I'm just going to give the contact information so people can completely slam Ken's. Yeah, nothing going on. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, why aren't you responding to my chats? Oh, I guess you're on the phone. But anyway, just oc.gold slash Ken, and you'll be talking to him. Uh, Tom Liskos, thank you very much. James Wright. Good night, all. And Linda Rutten, I did notice your wonderful statement. So I much appreciated that. Uh, anyone who really listens to what Ken and you present to everyone would and should jump in with both feet. And of course, they both, the Rutens have done so. Robert Baxter, thanks, guys. Paul Fetcher, he says he's executed the NDA on this cool thing. Uh, Marcus Walker wants to know how he can invest. I will help him out with that. So, uh, Marcus, just go to oc.gold slash Ken, schedule it, and you'll find out everything. Everyone, thank you very much. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. We're rushing to get these final huge things happening. With that, I'm going to wrap it up because it is 9.01 p.m., and I like to keep Turn into pumpkins now. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, everyone. We're having a better and better time. This is the best. Good night, everyone. And good night. I'll catch you next week. There'll be more good stuff. Take care.